How's it going on this great Wednesday afternoon? My name is Hayden Joyner, and this is Off the Bench, your top sports talk show here on XLR, Lane University Radio. I am with Chris and Liam Worley. Um, we are we are Zooming right now. We're uh, summer summer break, Zooming, and uh, this is our second of our summer session episodes. Um, if you didn't get the last one, me and Liam talked about the greatest weekend in motorsports a few weeks ago, and uh, we got both Liam and Chris on this week to uh, to discuss the happenings in golf. The U.S. Open just finished up this past weekend, and then also this new Live Golf um, tournament organization taking away players from the PGA Tour um, and all other stuff. Uh, we got some interesting controversies coming up with that. So I'm kind of just going to hand it off to Chris and Liam guys. Uh, thanks. You, thanks for being here. Um, first off, let's just uh, the U S open obviously just finished up this past weekend and uh, Matt Fitzpatrick won it. And I know I was texting Liam a little bit about it this weekend, Chris, I'm sure you were watching all this as well. Um, just kind of take me through uh, this past tournament, your expectations going in and uh, surprise winners, surprise losers. What'd y'all, uh, what'd y'all feel about it? Uh, I thought it was a dang good tournament, really. Uh, one of the better ones I've certainly watched this year and in recent memory, but no, I did not find uh, Matt Fitzpatrick to be a surprise winner. He was one of my uh, my guys I had going into the weekend. Uh, unfortunately, not with me and Chris's little picks with Matt. Matt had him, but uh, other than that, uh, I thought it was, you know, a very competitive U.S. Open with a lot of uh, class players at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to agree with Liam on that because, you know, you're looking at the U.S. Open and essentially anybody can, can win, you know, these big-time tournaments. But we all know, me, you know, me, Liam, Matt, and, the, you know, guys who watch this all the time, you know that there's a handful of guys that are, gritty enough and have the ability to, to win a U.S. Open. And I think all the guys that we saw at the top of the leaderboard on come Sunday were those handful of guys, you know, uh, Zalatoris, Fitzpatrick, Rory, Rom, uh, Scotty Shuffler. These are your top players in the world, and, and these are the guys you kind of expect to see. And I don't think by any means this was a surprise at all. I think it was just a matter of time before. Fitzpatrick broke through, and it made sense that he was able to break through at the course he won the U.S. Amateur at, which, you know, definitely played into his favor, I would say, this week. But overall, just a tremendous uh, display of championship golf this week. Um, I was just thrilled the whole time watching it. It was it was what you'd like to see out of every golf tournament. And uh, I just think, you know, this is, this is what golf's all about, and I'm really glad that it was. It turned out the way it did. Yeah, wasn't, man. Wasn't the uh, the Masters champion this year? Wasn't he a first time major winner as well? Yeah, he was. Is this just a year of that happening, or is this a common occurrence, kind of? Uh, <laughs> nowadays, with so many young guys who you know they're starting to get better so much quicker, and they're so all so good, they're all so talented. So it's kind of going to be a recurring thing with new guys winning. Yeah, it's it's a pretty recurring theme nowadays. You know, 20 years ago, it wasn't when you had, you know, 10 players in the world that would win the majors for 20 years, like Tiger and BJ Singh, yeah. Phil, Ernie Els, all those guys. But, you know, nowadays, uh, just there's a, you know, in crowd and out crowd of 
uh, just great golfers that go inside the top 10 in the world and just compete for tournaments year in, year out. Uh, we see a lot of new faces just come up the surface. Like this year, it's been Scotty Scheffler who's been insane. Sam Burns has won three tournaments. Cam Smith's risen up into the top five in the world. So, you know, it's a pretty it's a pretty reoccurring theme as of late. Yeah, I think you're – oh, sorry. Oh, you go. You go, Chris. Oh, I was just saying, you're gonna, you kind of see it with these guys, and they explained it, where, you know, you're going to have a, one of, uh, a PJ Tour player get into a groove, and they're going to be on this little kick for a while. But it's so hard to to win like Tiger used to. You know, when you're on that, that high, that uh, playing just tremendous golf. Like, we saw it with Jordan Spieth in 2015 when he won the first two majors and just absolutely tore up the PJ Tour. However, that was, you know, 2015, and he hasn't done anything close to that since. And Scotty Scheffler is kind of doing that now this year, where he's just on this tear of these, you know, competing in every golf tournament. And, you know, these guys are going on these little stretches, and it's, it's tremendous golf, but it's showing how hard it is to just dominate the sport. I just don't think we're ever going to see anybody dominate the sport you know, like Tiger and Phil and Jack and all of them used to. I think that era is over. I 100% agree, which is in a way sad because, you know, there's not going to be guys that are going to have, you know, top 10 legacies all time. But uh, it definitely – it's. I think it's good for the sport, though, that, uh, you know, we just see new faces and that attract new fans and keep the game of golf growing. I mean, I'll ask both of you all this because, yeah, the the game's kind of different in just the competitive aspect. Would you attribute that to all the golfers now just being more evenly matched or just the level of plays that much better? Or you think there's just not as many people with the potential to be one of the greats in golf now? I think Uh, there's a lot of guys that have potential to be greats. I mean, still, if Jordan Spieth can win the PGA Championship, he wins the Grand Slam, which is a feat only five other golfers all time have done. I mean, you got Colin Morikawa, who's won two majors. You got Scotty Scheffler, who's looking like he could win everything under the sun. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of other guys that could do similar things, even that, but it's just hard to, you know, do that. And, but the technology of the game has grown a lot too, where it makes, you know, not so good players a little bit more even with some guys who just have natural skill and beautiful swings. Yeah, I would say, you know, I would say this. There's probably, to my knowledge, three or four guys that I would consider, you know, the elite of the elite. And that's, you know, Tiger, Jack. Um, I would put Rory in that that category and when I when I say that I mean I'm talking about guys who push themselves to reach a level that other people don't get to and Tiger did that physically mentally and on the golf course and that's why he's a 15-time major winner and uh, 82-time winner on the tour and I think Rory has won it physically maybe not so much mentally I still think he's a great golfer and you know I don't think like if he played in Tiger's era or even before then, he would have he would have won a lot more golf tournaments because his length would have really made a difference, but it doesn't make that much of a difference in the tour nowadays. 
because everybody's yeah. getting stronger, everybody's getting faster. So his length isn't much of an advantage anymore. And he's not a good enough putter like Tiger was to capitalize when he does put it close. But when it comes to, you know, being an athlete and, and doing everything that it takes to be at that level all the time, Rory's that guy. He's always in the top ten. He's always competing. And but that just goes to show you that, you know, he pushes himself every single day and he's still not winning majors. It's been eight years since the guys won a major. And that's the level the game has gotten to. So Yeah. Well, we'll jump into uh I want to get into touch about this obviously after the US Open, but when it comes to, you know, the talents, obviously there's this new golf tournament, golf championship, whatever you want to call it, out, live golf, Saudi Arabian government backed. Um, one of the first, I guess, first competitors to the PGA tour. And I mean, as long as I can remember, uh, the PGA tour is going to have a monopoly over the golf scene. And uh, for a long time, you know, if you were a good golfer, you played for the PGA tour. If the PGA tour was pissing you off, then uh, guess what? You can't play for a major tournament. And that's kind of the way it's been. But now, live golf is, is kind of taken over. They've already, you know, Phil Mickelson was one of the main guys leading it off and they've already captured other names like Dustin Johnson, some other guys. And I mean, for the, for the main back, I mean, obviously it's controversial in the aspect that the Saudi Arabian government kind of backs it, but the payouts of it are huge. And that's, what's attracting all these golfers. Um, I know in their debut event in London, um, 40 million went to the winner. And I think it was like 125,000 went to dead last place which is just way more than the PGA tour could offer. And it's posing a threat to, to the PGA tour and the players in there, obviously you got a bunch of loyalists that are going to stay in there. Um, but for you guys, as, as avid golf fans, um, you know, the PGA tour has been around for forever. What kind of threat is this really posing to, you know, the greater scheme of, of golf in general in the world? And, and will players be, you know, jumping ship from the PGA to the, to live golf, or are they going to, you know, stay in the PGA just because of tradition. What's what's kind of the aspects going on around here? Chris, I'll let you lead this one off. Okay. Um, no, I, I actually, I'm a big supporter of this new tour because I think, I think I'm, I'm probably in the minority on that uh, thought process because most people from what I've heard aren't big fans. But I think the Live Golf Tour is kind of what we needed you know, for professional golf, no one's, we've never had a rival um, tour to mm -hmm. go against the PGA Tour and kind of keep them in check and, and, and keep them on their toes and, and keep them improving. And that's not something that we've ever had. So the PGA Tour has kind of had free reign where they can do whatever they want. And, you know, if you look at it, the PGA Tour doesn't deal contracts. Like no players have signed contracts that say they have to stay on the PGA Tour as, as long as they're required to. I mean, there's no requirements there. The, that's because the PGA Tour is the only tour, and they, they're allowed to play on it if they stay to the level of, you know, in the top, like, 100 in the world. So what I have to say is I think the Live Golf Tour is great because it's, you know, keeping things not so strict and old-fashioned. And old I know there's always good and bad to that, but I think – the PGA Tour definitely needs to, you know, kind of loosen their reins a little bit and kind of let these guys, uh, you know, go out there, have fun. Let's not make it always so so tense, so strict and tight and like it always has been. And I think it's good. I think it's what we needed. And I think it will only be – like once these players can, find, like, get the, uh, the go-ahead that they can 
play majors and don't have to worry about that, you'll see a lot more guys go to that tour. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. And I'm all, I would also say that uh, I'm in the minority uh, of liking this live golf tournament. I think it gives a lot of guys uh, who aren't necessarily, you know, mainstream guys, uh, you know, chances at big money and lots of recognition. Uh, you know, you could say that some of the guys who have jumped ship could have been snakes in the grass for the PGA Tour, but if so, it's a good thing that'll make the PGA Tour a better place. But I think also with this new threat, uh, you know, it's going to make the PGA Tour a better place any either how with all the golfers going or not. Because, uh, you know, they're probably going to have to start not traveling as much, which would be great for guys who aren't going out there and making, you know, six figures a week, like guys around the FedEx Cup line that are just trying to keep their tour card which is a big thing that people don't really talk about that much, especially on broadcasts and stuff. But, I mean, there's talk of Greg Norman. Uh, he applied for the league to get OWGR points today, which would be huge for these golfers and would draw some more guys over there to keep their world ranking. And I, uh, I think if they can play in at least three of the four majors a year, you're going to see a lot of guys go because they get to play less golf and make more money, which is a win-win any way you look at it. And, uh, yeah, and me and my buddy were talking today, and he was listening to something that said, uh, you know, there's 36 to 39 guys in the top, top 100 in the world that were talking about going. And, uh, you know, I think, I think right now let's see how many they have. 21 guys in the world right now that are in the top 100 so that would be another 15 additional guys to their original uh you know how many ever that are currently playing it so that's gonna that'll that'll include some big names that people wouldn't wouldn't have thought of if that comes to fruition and uh you know i think i think it's just got the pga tour shaking in their boots a little bit which is why they're scared but golfers should be treated as independent contractors instead of employees oh i 100 percent agree and you know what really gets me is the only guys that i've heard speak out about the live golf tour are the guys who've already made a killing on the pga tour it ain't coming from the guys who are out there grinding and struggling to stay and keep their cards it's coming from the guys who are you know top five and top ten of the world who've already established themselves and don't have to worry about money again for the rest of their lives you know? Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I, I only think there's three guys that will not jump ship, and that's Tiger Woods, uh, Justin Thomas, well, Rory, but that, I don't like talking about him. I don't like giving him recognition. Uh, <laughs> uh, JT because of Tiger and then Jordan Spieth since he's got to win the PGA to get the Grand Slam. But besides that, man, I'm – Besides those four guys, I don't think a whole lot of people are safe. I think uh, – I mean, who, who do you think that hasn't jumped ship yet could possibly jump ship? Because I got some names in my head that, you know, I, I think will end up going that are, you know, big-name guys. Oh, I 100% believe that Brooks Kepka is on his way out. I think – Yeah, literally uh, he's one I would look at for sure. Yeah, he's always talked about trying to make more money trying to play less golf because he hates playing golf as long as he does. So 54 holes is perfect. And shotgun, which would count down on the, the amount of time that you're out there. So 
he's he's good as good as gone. There is no reason for me to believe that he's going to stay on the PGA Tour. I believe. Um, I think Tony Finau would be a name that could jump ship. Um, I definitely think Ricky Fowler is gone because, in, in my opinion, the PGA Tour. The reason this live golf tournament is to be done is because if you look at what the PGA Tour has done to Ricky Fowler, then you will understand why this tour was needed because that dude was was bringing in crap loads of money for the tour with fans. Yes, sir. And, I mean, and, you know, third or fourth guy that people follow around and you know buy merch because of him and follow. I mean, I've. I've the first time I saw Ricky Fowler in person at a tour event, I cried. That's how meaningful it was to me, and I'm sure I'm not the only person to uh, to have done that. But keep going with your names. I want to hear some more fellas you got. Yeah, I was just gonna say like Ricky Fowler is struggling to make tour like to, to make a life on the tour at this point. Like he he's struggling to, to continue playing big events, and it's hard. And you know, at some point, you know, the, he's got to make a business decision. Because the PJ Tour ain't helping him, and he's got to go somewhere where he's actually going to be wanted and treated well. And I think that's the that's definitely going to be the case for him. But I would say, you know, under the radar type. I mean, I don't know. I think I could see Cantlay going over there. He doesn't talk much, really? and I think yeah, I could honestly see him going. I don't know if that's a, a definite, but um, shoot, who else am I? I'm thinking some guys like Bubba Watson, Harris English, Tyrrell Hatton, Jason Kokrak, uh, Tommy Fleetwood maybe would be a good one. Lucas Herbert, who's just inside the top 50 in the world. Same with Mark Leishman. I think those are all you know, good guys that could go. What I think is like is if our like young American guys go over there, then – the Ryder Cup is going to have to be forced to keep these guys eligible to play because you can't just put out these guys who can't beat the Europeans. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they're going to have to keep these guys eligible because otherwise the United States would lose the Ryder Cup every single time it's played. Well, isn't it a President's Cup this year or is it a Ryder Cup yeah. this year? I believe it's a President's this year. Uh, I mean, a President's Cup or this year's – you know, had an effect on it because a lot of the good South African guys and a few of the, you know, good Australian guys have, are starting to play over there. Like, I mean, Louis Eustazen, you're not going to be able to use him. Charles Schwartzel's been playing well. You're not going to be able to use him, you know. Uh, I think that's I that's definitely a good thing to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. I could see uh, Adam Scott going. I mean, Abe Anster just went too. He would have played in the President's Cup, and he's 20th in the world. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, if you have a guy like Dustin Johnson who's going to go, you know, big name on tour, it's kind of that age range I think you need to look at. Anywhere, the guys who are from 30 to 40 years old, maybe 45, those are the guys that are probably going to go because, you know, they've had their time on tour. They've, you know, done what they probably wanted to or at least the most they possibly could have in their prime. And they're probably just chasing that money now so they can play golf for a little bit shorter amount of time and just retire and enjoy. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's going to make the game more enjoyable for those going over there. And it's not like, you know, the caliber of golfer over there is that bad either. I mean, you have nine former uh, tour or not tour winners, but major winners over there, which is pretty insane. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I could see Kutcher going over there. You know how he likes his money. 
Yeah, that's true. And I mean, he's been he's been kind of teeter tottering like uh, Ricky as of late, you know, uh, with not making the FedEx Cup and just barely inside it this year from uh, last I looked. So, you know, it's it's crazy. But it's also I think that has something to do with it. Because if you look at a lot of the guys that had jumped ship pretty early in the process that were big names, they weren't having that great of a season uh, FedEx Cup-wise. Really the best guy that was in the FedEx Cup before he jumped ship was Taylor Gooch, who, you know, hadn't won a tournament until this year and had racked up a bunch of FedEx Cup points and was in the top ten, which does include a big bonus at the end of the regular season. And, you know, would probably translate to playing in the tour championship, which would get you another bonus and get you locked into all four majors in the players championship next year. But, you know, Liv must have offered him something better than what the PGA Tour could have. Right. And honestly, I don't care if I was one, two, three. I don't care what race that was. If the Liv Golf Tour called me up and offered me $200 million to go over there, I'd do it. I wouldn't even have to think twice. I'm going. I'm going. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, you got to do what's best for you, your family, and and everything involved. And I think, you know, I don't know how you could turn that down, honestly. Like, I know money isn't everything, but, you know, to live life a little bit more comfortably and to do it at a quicker rate, I think is what we're all chasing. You know, no one wants to, to necessarily work till they're 70, 80 years old. For and, real. You know, if you can enjoy your time and at least get to enjoy your family and your, your short amount of time on this earth as quick as possible. I don't think that's a bad idea. And I think, you I, know, Bill, Bill saw that DJ saw that everybody saw that and I would have done the same thing. Yeah, man. I think it's a pretty good move. And I mean, you know, there's only eight tournaments a year as of right now, at least this year. So, you know, you get to, you can still practice whenever you want. You just get to do it 10 minutes from your house instead of, you know, 17 states away or whatever it may be. So uh, I think that's definitely a, a big bonus. And uh, I don't know if I really have too much besides that. Yeah. I do have an inside source that I could tell you guys about from what I heard. Who did tell like, Okay. So this is something cool that I heard about. So uh, a buddy of mine knows a guy who chat- is a caddy for um, – who was it? Hudson Swafford, I think that's who it was. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's, he's out played, of Georgia and stuff. Yeah, he played that Live Golf Tournament, the first one. And I was told that the caddies are treated like a million times better than they do get like the guys on tour. So mm. they say the caddies get to stay in the exact as nice of a place as the players do. They get to eat the same food. They get to they get a shuttle, all of it's paid for, by the way. They get a shuttle to and from the golf course, and they said the caddies are essentially the players. They're treated like the players are for the whole entirety of the tournament. So Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a bonus that, you know, I haven't really heard of yet, but uh, that could definitely pay, play into a few guys' hands, especially, you know, those guys who uh, have great relationships with the caddies and want the bets for them as well. Yeah, because as far as I know, on the PGA Tour, you know, the caddies don't get to eat the same food. They don't get to stay in the same place necessarily, you know, unless the player pays for it. Yeah. This tour is paying for the caddies. So every every expense that the caddies would make is paid for by the tour. 
by the Live Golf Tour. And yeah. to me, that just shows that these guys are just willing to go above and beyond. And I would honestly, I would, I would personally love to be a part of something, an organization that goes above and beyond for me and everybody involved with me. You know? Yeah. No, I agree, man. I, uh, I, I'm excited to watch the next few tournaments here in the U.S. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to watch those. That'll definitely work better to our, uh, our time zones and whatnot. Uh, the London yeah. one was a little bit hard to watch since, you know, we had to work and stuff and it didn't come on till like 9 a.m. So uh, I'm really I'm really excited to see who else joins and, you know, where the trajectory of this and the PGA Tour are from, because I'm not going to stop watching the PGA Tour either. I mean, I just like watching competitive golf, no matter, you know, who's putting it on. Yeah, I'll leave you all with yeah. uh with this last question, kind of what Liam was just talking about, but, um, you know, you'll watch both PGA and live, but with all these positives, y'all been talking about coming out of the live golf tournament. I mean, it is sounding kind of like a better deal, obviously to the players. And, um, from what y'all saying in the beginning, I've just been listening, but I do agree that, you know, competition for the PGA tour is better, you know, in a lot of other sports leagues, there's always other options to play. If you don't like the U S league or the main league or whatever, but, for golf, it's kind of just been the PGA tour, like we were kind of hinting at earlier and to give them another option. And in this case, kind of a better option um, to where to go, despite, you know, the controversies surrounding the ownership. I mean, you could really care less in, in some aspects, but uh, giving them a better spot to go, is there ever a chance that live golf will fully overtake the PGA tour? You know, if, if tons of these top hundred golfers are going over to this new tournament, this new tour, is there a way that this live golf is now going to be like the premier golf championship to run on instead of the pga and kind of leave the pga in the dust i don't the only reason think so, oh, sorry, but go ahead chris go ahead no, no i was just gonna say the only like scenario in which i see it overtaking the pga tour would be if they are get if they do get accredited to do the point system which keeps players points going so they can play in these majors like if the majors aren't an issue for these guys to play in like the president's cup and Ryder cup Mm-hmm. Then, then I see no reason why they wouldn't overtake the PJ Tour if and only if the PJ Tour never changes. If the PJ Tour makes the changes that they have to, then no, these guys will, the Live Golf Tour will completely disband and dissolve here in a couple of years. Once the PJ Tour makes those changes, and those guys will go back. However, if they don't, if they stay stubborn, they stay hard headed, and the Live Golf Tour takes advantage of that stubbornness, gets the, uh, you know, whatever they need with the point system and the majors and all that, then, oh, of course, they're going to take over the PGA Tour because who would who would honestly play for an organization where you don't make as much money and you could still go to the other one, make more money, and do all the same stuff you did before? That makes no sense. Why would you stay there? Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm kind of along those same lines. I think Liv is going to have to force or is forcing the PGA Tour's hand I mean, yeah, Matt Fitzpatrick won $3.2 million, but, you know, it wasn't for your regular run-of-the-mill tournament. Freaking Charles Schwartzel won 4.7 for, you know, just a, a tournament, a regular tournament, you know, the Wells Fargo Championship or the Quicken Loans or 3M Open or whatever, you know, of the Live Tour. It's not, you know, some lavish thing like the U.S. Open. So uh, I think that's going to force uh, their hands but uh, I don't really think there's a 
I think there's a chance for it to overtake the PGA Tour if it gets enough guys. But, you know, there, I think there's a few guys that are just going to keep watching and seeing what happens with it and see where, you know, if they're allowed to play majors and just these big tournaments that we have over here. But uh, I think, you know, based off of history, the PGA Tour is probably the place to be, like, for most guys because of the history of the PGA Tour and stuff but you know if the liv or live tour you know gains some popularity and uh you know you make a really big tournament or two that's got you know some some nice trophy and you build some good history after five or ten years you'll probably attract you know guys that could be like chris that are you know going and trying to get their golf career started and uh you know play as a pro and if live offers you that opportunity you know that's where you're going to build your legacy at if they do that which they've got two of the best uh young american amateurs and andy ogletree and james Pyot. i mean you know if you get more guys like that who end up beating out some of these djs and phil mickelson's and louis eustazen's and sergio garcia's who are the who's who of golf you know i think uh i think you got a really good thing going for you Exactly. And the fact that you're guaranteed money, like there's no cut, that, I mean, imagine shooting three under on the PGA Tour and you get cut and you make no money and you actually, like, you lose money because you had to pay to get there and all that. And then you go to the Live Golf Tour where you shoot 10 over, you still make, you know, 200 grand and you didn't get cut. Like, you're making money for the week by doing worse. You know what I'm saying? The standard. Like, who would want to go over there and fight for their lives and actually play great golf, you know, for two days and miss the cut and, and, and lose out? I mean, that's so diminishing and, you know, just defeating your your confidence and, you know, your attitude where as the Live Golf Tour, you know, you can actually build. You don't have to worry so much. You know, it's you can actually progress because you're not stressing and, and killing yourself at the thought of missing the cut and like playing well and still missing the cut. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean, it's. I think a good word for that would be cutthroat. It's not cutthroat. Yeah. You're not having to fight for your life out there just to make cuts. There are no cuts. You play 18 less holes, and, you know, mm-hmm. you still get to travel and see the world. And if, you know, you're one of those guys like DJ who likes a bougie lifestyle, you get to live it because, I mean, you go from Vegas to New York City to Abu Dhabi to London I mean, you know, you're just you're just being a sightseer like you would usually be. But this has even given you a few more opportunities because there aren't very many guys who, you know, play the PGA Tour who are big names who go over to play the Race to Dubai series that, you know, the whole PGA DP World Tour does in conjunction with each other. So uh, I think it's I think it's really going to grow the game of golf across the world because. I mean, you got a big South African influence now. You have a big Australian influence with uh, Greg Norman. And, you know, probably some guys will see jump ship. Jason Day is another guy I would say that could go. He hasn't been playing that well. And, uh, you know, if you get those guys, you're going to attract young eyes and their parents will be watching if they're fans and all that stuff too. So I think it's it's something that's going to change the game for good and make the PGA tour a better place one way or another. We'll wait and see in the future, how this, how this all unfolds and then, and what happens to the PGA, what happens to the live golf tour. And uh, 
and all the players. And, you know, if it, if it jumps ship and, and one becomes more dominant than the other, I mean, we'll see. I mean, the PGA Tour has to make the changes. Y'all have been adamant about that. And if they want to stay alive and in a float, they got to make those changes to appease the players that are shifting over. But if that happens, who knows? They've been the only golf tournament for who knows how long. And um, I don't know, it's not that way anymore. So who knows how quickly they'll be able to adjust. But I want to thank both of y'all for coming on here. We're running low on time here on the Zoom meeting. So we'll get this wrapped up. But uh, thank you both for coming on. I uh, love these summer sessions. And we'll hopefully get a couple more in until we get back to school in August and can get back in the studio making our, our full-fledged episodes. But thank yeah. you all both, Chris, Liam, uh, as always. Yeah, man. That was enjoyable. All right, listeners, remember, if you're not following us on social media, remember to check us out there at Off the Bench XLR on Instagram, Twitter, and anywhere else to find all posts and, and quotes and all information regarding the show. That is mainly at Off the Bench XLR on Instagram. Check us out there as well. Follow us on our major podcasting platforms. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen. Just look up Off the Bench and you can find all episodes, including this one, from all previous three seasons of Off the Bench. We're on a road to 100 total episodes, hopefully by the time we graduate college. So we're, we're looking good on that number and uh, there's tons and tons of episodes for you to check out. So again, that is Off the Bench on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen. Remember to stay in the game and Off the Bench and have a good night.